I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, John Marr of Grass 10 joins us to give an outline of the fertiliser recommendations for the spring months. And first, John explains why fertiliser is a necessity early in the grazing season. The primary function of uh, nitrogen fertiliser in the spring is to uh, increase grass growth and boost grass supply. Now, when you look at things the way they have been for the last um, uh, week or, or two, there has been cold weather, there has been um, a nice bit of rainfall, therefore the, the, the soil is going to be cold. When the soil is cold, then the bugs don't work on the soil and don't release nitrogen out of the soil. This is why we introduced then fertilizer and slurry as forms of fertilizer nitrogen to uh, boost grass supply and to give the, the grass plant a chance to get going. And we have bread varieties now that if if you can supply them with uh, nitrogen in whatever form, that they, they will grow once the, the soil temperature starts to pick up. So at the start of the year, you know, soil temperature and, and, and weather conditions are a bit against you. So this is why we try to introduce grass um, um, into the system um, by uh, applying nitrogen to, um, uh, you know, enhance uh, the, the grass supply on the farm and then allow the cows to get out to 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 grass uh, or any other animals to go to grass. Animals at grass, um, they are feeding themselves and spreading their own slurry. So from an environmental perspective, just on that alone, you, you know, you are going to reduce greenhouse gases and reduce ammonia emissions. You mentioned the weather, John, and it's really, really topical. And I guess, you know, we're trying to find a balance here uh, between getting fertilizer out ahead of calving and and also then looking at the weather and, and is you know, does that allow, um, you know, spreading of chemical or um, chemical fertilizer or uh, slurry? What are we looking for? Have you any criteria in terms of weather or soil conditions that are ideal on the day of spreading or in the week after spreading? Yeah, it's just no harm. We just take a, a step back to see where we are with grass supply. So we always have pasture base and that, and that allows us to pick up um, how much grass is on farms for those who measure. We know that's around 850 kilograms of dry matter per hectare. The main driving um, factor behind the grass supply in the spring is the closing strategy in the autumn. Saying that the farmer can boost grass supply then by applying slurry or um, nitrogen fertilizer in the spring. And we need, we need to look at the conditions um, that when, when you apply those, uh, we need to be conscious of um, you know, the growth and the soil temperature and the level of rainfall. So um, we know the growth across the winter has been about four or five kilos, again, from Pasture Base Ireland, um, which is about norm, right? So th- there is a reasonable grass supply out there. However, I, I would say a lot of the growth came in, in the December period rather than of late, um, of late, you know, soil temperatures have been um, a little bit lower because of frost and we've had a, a share of rainfall as well. Um, if you look across the country, you can and talk to people um, you know, about the state of grass supply, what it is there. It has you know, um, kind of faded a bit in colour and there's a bit of yellowing coming in. And to me, that's crying out for um, a nitrogen um, application, where that comes in the form of slurry or chemical fertiliser um, is, is the key point. So, um, you know, the grass supply is there, but it just it just needs a boost to get going. And that's why we try to apply uh, slurry 
or chemical fertilizer. And now, just to be clear here, we're not asking for chemical fertilizer to go on top of slurry. We apply one or the other to get our, what I would call 23, 24 units there, thereabouts um, of um, nitrogen boost um, per acre. So the conditions you're looking for are obviously a rise in soil temperatures. And when the frost um, disappears, we've seen a rapid increase in soil temperature. So that's coming, provide the frost is not there. And the second piece then is that we don't have rainfall um, after application of either slurry or, or fertilizer because there is a risk of loss. So you just need kind of mild um, settled conditions to get the benefit of um, nitrogen application in the form of slurry or, or, or chemical fertilizer. Um, so we're past the, all the, the, the uh, prohibitive um, zones of fertilizer application and um, uh, slurry application, so people should be targeting that now. We asked probably first that the, that the, that the slurry uh, application is targeted to lower covers on the farm um, because they're the ones that pro probably needed the, the greater boost of nitrogen and POK from the slurry. Uh, they are slower to grow as well. The slurry is a, a more slower uh, form of release end, so it's more suitable. You also applying slurry with, with you know less technology, which is just low emission slurry spreading, be it trading shoe or dribble bar and that applies slurry in a format that's um, much friendlier to the grass plants there's much greater nitrogen capture it's not blown up in the air it's 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 um, applied at, at, at surface level and it doesn't coat the grass like splash plate does so there's a big win there with less technology and there's a higher nitrogen capture as well for the plant so two and a half thousand gallons per acre of of, of standard slurry will apply a about 20 to 23 units of um, of, of nitrogen um, per, per acre. Um, that's one form. And then where we don't apply slurry, we'll be looking then to, to the fields or the paddocks that um, are fairly trafficable, will have a reasonable level of cover of grass um, and to apply, uh, you know, your half bag of of, of, of uh, protected urea, which is, you know, basically 23 units of nitrogen per acre or um, 30 kilos per hectare. And that will then, um, uh, when soil temperatures are 5.5 or 5 degrees uh, or higher, there's um, an uptake of nitrogen. Uh, uptake of nitrogen happens at lower temperature before growth. So uptake is about 5 degrees um, for soil temperature. Growth is about 6 degrees. Um, so once we have the soil temperatures up and you can keep an eye on pasture base and the Chagas systems for that to see where those are at on the Grass 10 newsletter, um, we have uptake of nitrogen either in the form of the slurry nitrogen or the, the chemical form and then growth will, will kick off once we get six degrees or higher. Um, so they're the conditions we're looking for, you know, mild, favourable and I don't mind a small amount of rainfall, but large amounts of rainfall you have to avoid, all right, in terms of slurry or, or chemical nitrogen application. And let's follow on from some of the points that you've made there, John. I mean, you've spelled out, I guess, the, the quantity of slurry or um, urea that you recommend, um, you know, that can be spread at this time of year. But let's look at a standard fertilizer plan um, for the spring on dairy farms. And I guess if we if we think about from now until the end of the first round, which is anywhere between the 1st and the 10th of April um, on farms, you know, what do you recommend? So we're looking at a half bag of urea or two and a half thousand gallons of slurry right now. So what are the next steps after that? Yeah, so if 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 we're now in the latter end of January, early February, 
there hasn't been much fertilizer um, applied. Some slurry has gone out, but the plan um, basically uh, revolves around the following. So we'll say the lower um, cover uh, paddocks on the farm, we'll say that are trafficable from, um, with, with tractors, um, that we apply slurry to about a third of the farm at two and a half thousand gallons per acre. And then we apply the chemical fertilizer in the form of protected urea to the remaining two thirds. Now there may be an odd paddock on the farm that, that that's low lying or um, has water on it, and you just avoid that paddock. So you mightn't get to every paddock, but we'll we'll go to the ones that we where we can when where we can travel. So you know it's not essential to apply to every paddock, but to most of the farm. So that that's the story for you know late January February period. Then we get into the March period, and hopefully some grazing is taking place in February. I would love for slurry to go out onto the graze ground. Um, again, about two and a half thousand gallons per, per acre. Some of the slurry might need to go to the silage ground as well. So again, we should target another third of the farm. And the third, uh, that you know, that that third didn't shouldn't have got slurry um, in the in the in the first application. So this is new territory um, for slurry. Again, about two and a half thousand gallons per acre, right? Um, and then we'll top that up. That that'll supply about 23 units. And then we top that up sometime in the latter half of March with another 23 units, bringing you up to about 60 to 70 units for the for the first week of April. The remaining parts of the farm that hasn't got uh, uh, slurry in um, in in late February or early March will get somewhere close to uh, a bag of of protected urea, which is about 40 46 units. Then that'll bring that up to. Um, uh, uh, about 60 to 70 units as well. I, I think the key, the key point here is in the first application that we, if we do slurry, we don't apply nitrogen in February. And then when we come to uh, March and where we apply slurry, we only apply about half a bag of urea to account for the 23 units coming from the slurry that's applied to the graze paddocks in early March or late February or whatever time in March and to the silage grounds, you know, so that the slurry end is accounted for. And I guess, John, when, when you talk about the lower covers that people are targeting, so a third of your ground that you're going to spread slurry on right now, essentially what farmers are doing is they've completed their first walk of the year and they've identified the bottom third of that grass wedge. The middle third is what they're targeting to get cows out to for, you know, the first few weeks of grazing. In in February, uh, when cows start um, calving, you're going to have a high proportion of heifers. They're not long calved. It takes a while for the um, intake of the animals to um, rise. It takes a while for a proportion of the cows that are calved to increase in number. So you, you're trying to get through land in, in the month of um, February that are lower cover to try and reach your you know, spring rotation targets of having about 30% of the farm grazed by the 1st of March. So you you are going to target target the lower cover um, ground. That will be faster to recover as well, and you move to ground faster. The higher cover territory um, um, will be probably grazed in the first half of March. However, whether it's high cover or low cover or medium cover, they all need a boost of nitrogen, and that can come in the form of slurry for the lower cover ground. And for the medium to higher cover ground, that has to be um, fertilizer nitrogen for me. Where you have the scenario, John, um, you know, and we we do see it on some farms where they're really prioritizing spring grass over autumn grass and they're closing in very early November and they have few light covers on the farm. So like, you know, they're not they don't have a third of the farm that has a cover of less than, say, eight or nine hundred. Where do they put the slurry? 
Yeah, so there's a there's a, a flexible approach uh, required here. There there are certain paddocks that you can travel on, and there's certain paddocks you can't travel on. The idea is to try and um, go to to the to the paddocks with the lowest amount of grass in them for slurry. Um, you may not have enough of them if you've carried a lot of cover. However, the, like the machines that are there now allow you to apply um, um, slurry um, into you know even up, up to a covers of a thousand if you're doing the trailing shoe, which will, you know, uh, not coat the grass because it creates a slit in the grass and separates it. So there is flexibility here. And I think that's the key. Equally, you may only get 20% of the farm covered with slurry in, in late January, early February. But then if you get that ground, uh, ground grazed in February, you can apply more slurry in, um, in late February, early March. So it's just a, a case of being smart with the technology uh, that's there and you know obviously low emission slurry spreading can uh, you can apply greater amounts of slurry on um uh, sorry greater um areas of land with with that technology because it doesn't coat the grass like splash blade um equally if you get ground land, land grazed you can apply more slurry later later on to a greater area because you have that land um, grazed off so it's just a matter of being um flexible and working with what you have and John, talk through the value of slurry in the springtime versus summer. So, you know, the, there is an opportunity to go out with a heavy cover of slurry, um, you know, after silage. But there is some research that would show us it's more valuable in the springtime. So can you give us some more insight into that? Yeah, look, we've had a lot of conversation uh, on this um, call about uh, slurry. And, and, and the reason we, we do that is because the nitrogen capture of slurry is way higher in the spring than it is in the summer. Um, and that's because we have cool, moist conditions and that allows more nitrogen capper, capture um, of um nitrogen from from the slurry in the spring compared to the summer. In the summer, you have way higher temperatures, you have bare ground um, and the risk is that when you spread slurry that more of that um, nitrogen is lost to the air mostly in the form of, of ammonia that's what you that's what you smell it so there's less of that loss in the spring there's less of that loss with with um, low emission technology compared to splash plate because splash plate blows it up in the air low emission technology puts it down at ground level so you know we know the environment we're heading into going forward with you know reduced um, chemical fertilizer applications by 2030 so we have to capitalize as much as we can on the nutrients that exist on the farm so applying slurry in spring with less uh, technology allows much greater nitrogen capture um, um, by the grass plant by the sward and by the by the soil so this is why we target as much as we can uh, the slurry to be applied um, earlier in the year than later in the year. Just in terms of P and K, you know, uh, P and K is not influenced by um, um, whether summer or spring application, but, um, you know, and there may be some story that has to go back in size ground, but as much as possible from a nitrogen point of view, we, we're trying to get um, as much as the slurry spread in the spring to capture as much as we can. Also, like, you know, from a point of view of growing a soilage crop and growing grass, the, when we get P and K out earlier, it's a greater um, boost to the sward than it is in, later in the season. And, and I suppose finally on, on the topic of slurry, I saw an interesting tool that was released today um, 
Francis Quigley at Chagas, it's the slurry spreader calibration tool. And that might be useful for farmers as they move into, I suppose, a new era, moving away from the splash plate um, to the low emission slurry spreading tools. Um, and, you know, his advice there is to, you know, I suppose, spread your first load and time it. And then he has a tool where you can insert the amount of time it took you to spread the load, the tank size, um, the width that the... Um, technology is using and the application rate and that will dictate what speed you should travel at i thought it was a useful and it's a very user-friendly tool um when we look to fertilizer john um you know you mentioned urea as the product of choice in the spring why urea as opposed to can or maybe some fertilizer with other compounds like your 18612 or so yeah so um look we we pick uh, um uh, protected urea over the, over the other um, forms of nitrogen fertilizer for a number of reasons, but we'll start with the basic one um, of the way urea works. It likes moist conditions to get uh, to to um, allow the nitrogen move from the urea form into the plant. Uh, that's when it works best. Um, and also the way that urea breaks down, it breaks from urea into uh, the ammonium form, which is much more friendlier to the soil. Um, it clings to the soil because of the, the way the way it, uh, it it's charged. Um, there's a there's a there's a positive charge on that ion, and the, the, the clay particles are negative, so they like one another. Um, when you go to the can form, it's uh, very soluble and it's in the nitrate form and that's negatively charged and the, the clay is negatively charged. So they tend to repel one another a little bit. Um, uh, so that's one one point. But I suppose the biggest thing with, with can type, type um, forms of fertilizer is that because it's extremely soluble, if there's water around, wherever the water will go, the fer this fertilizer form will go with it, right? So, um, you know, nitrate is very soluble in water. And if the water moves left, right, up or down, um, uh, unfortunately, that's where the, 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 the nitrogen will go. So for that reason, we much, we much prefer urea farms in, in spring. And, you know, you, you mentioned 18612, most of the compound fertilizers are can-based. Um, that's something that has to change going forward because when they are can-based, um, you know, the nitrate form is, is prone to um, um, leaching because of movement of water. So there's greater movement of water risk in the spring than there is um, at other times during the year. This is why then we just look towards the urea forms of um, of fertilizer and application in in, in January, uh, um, February, uh, March, and in, in, into April and the spring. The recent advances in protected urea now means that urea um, can be spread across the summer months as well, because the risk of the ammonia or the urea turn into an ammonia form and being lost to the air is inhibited by this protection mechanism um, on, on the granule that stops it being lost to the air. So we now can apply protected urea um, for, for the grazing season and without having to worry about uh, losses to the air. So John, I think you've given us a really good outline as to the, I suppose, a step through the spring and how we can support and boost grass growth um, by the use of fertilizers, whether it's slurry or chemical N. Looking then to why we're doing it, and it's, it is to get that boost in grass supply at a time of year where grass is limited. 
Can you give us um, some information on what we would expect in terms of the response of our spring nitrogen applications in the form of grass growth? Yeah, look, um, you know, people have ideas of the cost of grass around seven or eight cents a kilogram dry matter, um, right? And that's the standard value of grass. But, but, and there's a big but here, the value of grass in the springtime is, is, is twice that, right? And it's four times higher than the value of in summer. And the reason for that is you're displacing the higher cost feeds of silage and, and meal from, from many farmers, irrespective of what system they're in. They cost way, way more. So spring grass has a very, very high value at 16 cents a kilo. And that's why then, you know, people say to you, okay, we apply spring fertilizer in modest amounts, which we do. Um, uh, but for, you know, what we call modest responses. So, but the value of grass is very, very high here. Um, and look, as a standard guide, right, for people, like, the difference between a silage-based diet and a grass-based diet is about four kilos a meal. So that's a lot of money. So that's why we look after trying to boost grass supply in the spring and, in, and increase grass growth by doing so. Um, the average response is about 10 to 12 kilos um, in the average year. Some years will be higher, some years will be a bit lower. The break-even point is about five kilos. So what I mean by that is for every kilo of nitrogen we apply in the form of slurry or uh, protected urea, we get about 10 to 12 kilos back in terms of grass. So, you know, um, grass at, 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 at 16 cents a kilo, if we get five kilos of response, that's around 80 cents. That's the break-even point of the fertilizer cost, right? So we get 10 to 12. So we get twice the value of uh, grass for the, the cost of the fertilizer and sometimes higher. We've even looked at this in the heavy soils farms. Now, let's be clear with the heavy soils farms, they, they don't apply fertilizer to or slurry to all the products because some are a little bit on the heavier side or too damp to travel upon. But where they do apply, we know that that response for the last two years is around eight and a half, nine kilos. So even on, on, on farms that have you know heavier land, once we're smart with our application and applied to the right paddocks that are drier, high ryegrass content, medium cover, um, reasonable soil fertility, there is a good response here to fertilizer application in the spring in modest amounts, but it is very, very high value because it displaces meal in particular and silage to a lesser extent. So that's why we're after it. Michael Donovan and Michael Egan have done research here in Moore Park to look at the nitrogen recovery of those um, applications. And again, you know, it's only uh, about 20, 25 uh, units per acre and it's well above 50% because the grass plant is about to take off. It's a new season. It's new growth. Um, um, the, the, the plant is starting to get going as day length gets longer. So between nitrogen response, um, you know, in terms of the level of grass grown and the nitrogen recovery of the grass grown, um, this makes it well worthwhile. Even though the responses are moderate, the recovery is high and the win is big. And I guess to sum up the conversation, John, like, you know, you, you've explained it quite well in terms of, you know, the, the things that determine how much grass we have on farm in the spring is very much how we close the farm in the autumn and the use of nitrogen in the springtime. We've no control now over what we've done in the autumn. That has, um, I suppose, been and gone at this stage, but there's a huge opportunity to use our slurry to the best um uh, best as we possibly can based on what we have in the yard and also then the use of protected urea at this time of the year um, in order to um, 
guarantee us some grass on the farm throughout the spring. And as you say, it is a hugely valuable feed product uh, to our animals. And I guess just, I suppose, to finish up, um, you know, we're getting very busy on farms. A lot of farms have cows calved already. And the slurry and fertilizer is maybe something that will fall through the cracks in terms of, you know, the cows have become the priority. So I would encourage farmers to, you know, lean on the contractor at this time of year in order to ensure the nitrogen is out to support the grass supply. Thank you, John. Thanks very much, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to John Marr for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.